Right. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to everyone. Started it up just too early here, so I will wait just a moment uh, for folks to come in, and then we'll do the uh, introduction and get go on the road, as they say. Looks like I got sound pretty well. Um, let's make sure we could probably make the volume a little better. That should be the right source. Looks like we got it coming into OBS, so we should be good there. I don't hear myself anywhere, so this is good. Uh, is the YouTube chat working? Yeah, it looks like it. I didn't know for sure if I was going to have to re-up the chat window for YouTube. Uh, because... I opened it up a little while ago, and sometimes like you open it up a while ago and then like you change accounts and stuff, and I don't know if it carries through or I feel like I had it stop updating at one point. Um, so here we go. Yeah, it looks like we are updating over there. So good day, uh, Biotograph. Uh, Paul, uh, hanging out with us from home. Oh, isolation. Uh, got the coronavirus. Oh no. Well, I hope, uh, you know, I hope you're not feeling too bad and um you know hopefully that you will be recovering pretty quick here so uh it's definitely uh definitely no fun so wishing you the best there uh let's check in on discord chat as well i'm still kind of shuffling around some windows here uh happy friday to liz sound is good thank you appreciate the heads up there uh all right we don't really need this one C. Grover, how's it going? Happy Friday. Let's close this. Uh, and I think I could minimize this one. Just a cough so far. That's good. That's good. All right. Uh, and I did change the scene, right? You guys, yeah, you can see my screen. You can see me. We're good to go there. So hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Tim, and I go by Foamy Guy on GitHub and Discord. Uh, this is going to be the deep dive program uh, where we will be looking at some of the innards of CircuitPython. Uh, so, you know, it is a pretty um, intensive level thing. If you're brand new and you haven't heard about any of this stuff, uh, there are some, you know, there is some better content out there that's more uh, suited towards folks who are brand new. Um, this one, we are going to be getting pretty deep into it. The name Deep Dive uh, is a reference to that. Um, I will say, though, if you are brand new or you're watching this in the future and you don't know what I'm talking about, um, this is the website where you can go to learn more, circuitpython.org. Basically, this is a implementation of Python that runs on tiny computers called microcontrollers. Uh, there is an example of a bunch of them here on the downloads page, so you can see they're all different shapes and sizes. Um, and then over here, I actually have the camera loaded up, and this will be uh, one of the ones we're going to be using today. Um, so this is a CircuitPython device. We're writing Python code that runs on this device and even is interpreted by this device as well. Um, so it does the code interpretation and executes for you all on the device. Um, CircuitPython is an open source project. Again, you can learn more at circuitpython.org. You can get involved with uh, contributing over on circuitpython.org. Also, I would encourage you, if you do want to get involved in the community or the project, uh, head over to the Discord and join us in there. Um, the Discord, which is on the screen, I think right below me there, is the live broadcast chat on the Adafruit Discord. Um, so head over there and join us, all of the CircuitPython dev um, uh, developers, all of the core team and the and the wider community all hang out on the Discord um, and communicate through there. So come and join us. 
Um, if you are interested in playing around with CircuitPython and doing things like this, um, what you can do is head to Adafruit.com. Adafruit is a hardware and software company based out of New York. Um, Adafruit is the company that is providing all of the financial uh, backing for CircuitPython. So they're paying the team that works on CircuitPython full-time. They're paying some folks who work on the, uh, CircuitPython part-time, like myself. Um, so if you uh, want to get your hardware um, and you purchase it from Adafruit, that is definitely most appreciated uh, because then you, know, you are helping support um, the Adafruit company, which of course is who's paying folks to work on the CircuitPython project. So um, on behalf of myself and everybody else on the team, definitely thank you and do appreciate um, uh, purchasing hardware from Adafruit. Um, I do notice on the website here, they have the, uh, the note up about Memorial Day. So if you are gonna be ordering this weekend, of course, um, you know, uh, there won't be any shipping uh, going on Monday. So it will be uh, probably, you know, an extra day or two. Um, added on to the normal order time, I suppose, for that. So uh, keep that in mind if you do want to purchase something. Uh, so Deshipu, how's it going? Uh, Mark Gambler, uh, Touch Calibrator. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm going to look at. Uh, C. Grover, thanks for uh, not only creating that, but also thanks for um, doing the process to get the PR in. Um, that's one of the things I have on the table to look at today. Um, Olaf from the Colorado, love the factory. How's it going from, uh, uh, how's it going over there in Colorado, I should say? Um, okay, so we did the introduction, so let's look at what I'm getting into more specifically today. Uh, one of which, so I got two kind of, uh, two kind of things lined up. Uh, both are dealing with touchscreens. Where's my, okay, I'm still getting used to the camera being on a separate window. Um, what I've got here is Adafruit Pi Portal device. This one happens to be the Pi Portal Titano, which is just a little bit bigger version of the Pi Portal. Uh, it has a nice big screen on the front of it. It has a touch overlay, so, um, you know, we're able to have buttons and things like that. We can make, uh, you know, soft interfaces um, on the display. So a couple of the things I'm going to be playing with today are going to deal with the touch screen. Um, over in YouTube, Ola from uh, VA, Virginia there, I believe. Uh, Ryan Motley, how's it going? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, just ordered a couple things uh, to try to start contributing. That's awesome. Thank you for that, uh, Isaac Ben. Appreciate that over there on the Discord. Um, so first thing um, that I do want to look at is the touchscreen uh, library. There is a PR, uh, which C. Grover just mentioned here. I saw this come in the other day. I have not done a lot of CircuitPython stuff in the last couple of days. Um, I've been super busy at work this week and had some other stuff. So I've been um, doing lots of like Stardew Valley is kind of what I've been doing when I'm not working uh, for the last couple of days. Um, but I'm getting back into it today, of course, for the stream. And so I saw this come through the other day and I kind of threw it in the, you know, in the back of my mind to come and look at this, of course. Um, and so thank you to C. Grover. Uh, I, I think I asked uh, for you to put this out there. So I definitely really appreciate you making this and getting the PR in for it. Um, for folks that haven't uh, caught on, I think, you know, I've talked about this a few times here and there on the stream. Um, I don't know how deep I have, you know, dived into it, you know, so to speak, deep dive. Um, but it's basically a calibration script for the touchscreen. So the, the touchscreen, um, this particular style of touchscreen that's on the Pi Portal Titano here and the Pi Portal regular as well, uh, it's basically two analog sensors. It's kind of like two flex resistors is the way I think of it. Or um, I don't know, that's probably not the right term, but... Um, 
basically there's two analog pins, one for horizontal, uh, one for vertical. And of course you can rotate this around artificially in software. So, uh, you know, I say horizontal and vertical cause that's how it is right now, but you can switch it 90 degrees or 270 or whatever you need as well. Um, and you get an analog value representing uh, sort of the proportion of the way through the screen, right? So like, you know, zero is over here on the left or the top, you know, max value, I think um, 63,000 or, or some power of two uh, is over here on the right, um, you know, and then bottom and top for the vertical one. And the touchscreen library is basically converting those two analog values uh, in and taking into consideration as well the number of pixels on the display. Um, and it's converting those analog values into the pixel coordinates um, that is represented by that particular spot on the screen. Um, so this is an amazing feat of sort of analog sensing technology. Um, it's super awesome that it works this way. The kind of like, um, you know, pitfall or, or downside, if you will, to this uh, over like a capacitive screen is that um, it can get shifted a little bit. Um, so you see like in the image here, there's a depiction of a stylus and the point is intended to be right on the stylus, but this one it's uh, shifted by a couple of pixels. Now, if you use your finger, right, um, switch back here, if you use your finger, you know, if it was shifted by this amount here, it's probably not gonna matter. It's still gonna kind of be under your finger. It may be sort of off to one side, but probably not gonna make too big of a difference. Uh, if you are using a stylus though, like they have in the picture, then that shifted amount becomes much more apparent. Um, so this script here is a calibration script that it, it allows you to basically calibrate your touchscreen to set up some configuration values um, so that it has a finer grained uh, detail of like exactly where the different analog sensor values lie uh, in relation to the screen. Sometimes they can be different just on different screens. Um, I imagine like environmental factors probably matter for this. I don't really know all of the electrical theory behind it, but I would think, you know, things like temperature, humidity in the room, stuff like this might make some kind of difference. I don't really know for sure, maybe not. Um, but just different stuff uh, about it makes it so these values are not always uh, exact and you can run this calibrator script to get yours set up so that, um, you know, it's dialed in for your specific screen and your specific environment, and then you'll get really, really accurate results with it. Um, so that's what this is. And it got added as, uh, I think, an example here to the, um, yeah, inside examples got added as an example to the touchscreen library, which of course, this is the driver library that interfaces with um, that actual analog touchscreen, you know, component device. Um, it gets plugged into the to some pins, some GPIO pins that are available, and then this library reads those analog values, converts it over to the pixels, and then gives you a nice, easy-to-use interface, uh, programming interface, um, to interact with it, figure out what got touched, when and where, and all that stuff. Already imagining my CNC router with a little G-code and a pen holder automating the calibration. Oh, that would be pretty sweet. Um, yeah, that would actually be super cool. Calibrate with the CNC machine. Yeah, because then you could get uh, input and feed it back into the machine, kind of. Um, that'd be super cool. Um, one of the things I, I did this week uh, was I updated PyCharm. And one of the things I noticed about the new PyCharm, and maybe the old one had this, I don't actually know. I never looked into it. But one of the, the things I noticed is uh, I can actually look at pull requests inside PyCharm now. I have... Uh, done it just enough to see that it's there. I haven't actually done it, you know, for real, like to actually leave a review and stuff. So I figured I'll 
do that on stream. That seems kind of fun, right? Let's try it out. Um, so if you use PyCharm and you have a relatively new version, I think, I don't really know. The, the previous version I had was like two years ago. Um, and then I finally just updated. So, you know, maybe this was even there then and I just never saw it, or maybe it was sometime between then and now. Don't actually know for certain. So um, if you do use a, a newer version of PyCharm, you should have access to this. And it's uh, inside of Git, there's a view pull requests and boom, it will pull up a list of the pull requests from GitHub uh, and show them to me in the IDE here, which is really cool because I don't have to then bounce back and forth between the IDE and the browser. Um, and so I can click into here and it shows me all the details from the pull request. So I can see the pictures, I can see all the text that Seagrover submitted, I can see who submitted it, um, I can see the number, basically all the relevant information, the date, the commits, all this stuff. Uh, there is a button here, checkout, which I think is gonna check out the branch for this um, PR, which it looks like is Cedar Grove Studios main. So let's do that, create. Uh, and we cannot set tracking branch. I think that's probably fine. We're not gonna commit to it anyway, so it doesn't need to be tracking. Um, Cedar Grove is, is ambiguous. I'm not sure why it's ambiguous exactly. And so again, this is the first time I've used this. I'm not sure what all, all of these little errors and things are gonna mean, but we'll, uh, you know, we'll see as we go along here. Um, so let's read this uh, simple IO resistive touchscreen. Uh, for built-in displays, to use it, run as a standalone uh, module, include the following line in the calling of the module, uh, or type it in the REPL, so import uh, touch calibrator built-in, um, operational parameters such as screen rotation, REPL-only measurement, oh, and REPL-only measurement display can be set. REPL-only measurement, I'm not sure what that means. I bet we'll see a little bit more once we uh, look into the code and maybe call it, let's see. Uh, when the touch screen appears, use a stylus to swipe to the four edges of the visible display. As the screen is calibrated, the small dot tracks the stylus tip. Uh, when REPL only is false, here we go, minimum and maximum calibration values will display on the screen and in the REPL. Uh, the REPL values can be copied. This is probably my favorite thing about this, is it outputs in the exact same format you need to paste into your own script. Um, so you can just like copy it out of the REPL into your own thing, which is super sweet. Uh, the REPL values can be copied. Um, let's see here. Oh, I skipped a line and pasted into the target's code uh, for the initialization of the touchscreen. Calibration values uh, measured for a display rotation of zero degrees. Use calibration values um, in the target uh, orientation, I think that means. Correlate the touchscreen pins and the calibration values, uh, the order of the tuples is determined by the display rotation value. For example, the tuple of this one here would be inserted into the instantiation statement um, in the order shown, depending on the orientation. So basically you're taking the values um, and flopping some of them around, both the pins in the way they're listed and the calibration numbers here, depending on the orientation of your screen. Uh, but I think there, um, I think there's more I almost said destructions, more destructions in the file here as well. So let's take a look in the file. This is it here. Um, one thing I think we'll want to do is probably rename this to have touchscreen in the name specifically. Um, I don't know for certain. I think there's a tool somewhere that is expecting the examples to have um, the first word, well, the the 
because this one happens to be one word because the name of the library is one word touchscreen. Um, so I'll be try to be careful and phrase it correctly for some other cases as well. The the beginning, the first uh, prefix part of the example name should always be the name of the library. So like the base name, this one is touchscreen. So all the examples should be touchscreen uh, underscore. So you could do, um, you could either do like, I would probably just add the screen right here, but you know, it doesn't matter too much as long as you start with touchscreen. So you could say touchscreen calibrator built in. Um, so that's one thing we'll do. And I know Cedar Grove is watching, so you probably hear me talking, but I'm also curious to use this interface as well. So I'm gonna try to leave that as a comment also and see what we can do here. Um, do you think I can do the like comment inside the code at a certain, well, I guess it's like, it doesn't really make sense though, right? Cause it's not a certain line of code that we care about. It's the name of the file. Um, yeah certain line of code doesn't make much sense. I don't see anything for it here, let's see. Annotate, oh, add review comment actually. Yeah, it looks like, add review comment. Oh, look at that, okay, yeah, yeah. So I do think I'll go back though, I'm not gonna do it for now. Let's go back and let's just do the comment on, let's see, how do I get back here? Info, let's just do the comment on the base. Uh, how do I do that? Let's see, uh, conversation. There we are, yeah, uh, let's see. Um, let's see, I think we need, uh, we need the example, need the examples uh, to follow the pattern, uh, pattern of starting uh, the file name with the name of the library. I think it's like, um, the library. I think it's like the bundling tool uh, the bundling tool or the project bundling system, something somewhere I think is, uh, maybe the screenshot thing or something. Something I'm pretty sure is hard-coded to, well, not hard-coded per se, but hard-coded dynamically to expect the name of those examples to be that, to, to have the prefix of that base library name. Uh, follow the pattern. I don't know exactly what it is or where it's at though. That's just a, a nugget I feel like I've picked up at some point uh, in my time with CircuitPython in the file name. Uh, so for example, uh, maybe, Oh, okay. What's the uh, ending one for me? Oops, now I got an extra one again. Oh goodness. Okay, here we go. Um, touch screen, touch screen, and then calibrate. What is it? Calibrator built in. Okay. And then just enter, or let's see, post. Ooh, looks that okay looks like it showed up let's check here i mean obviously i wouldn't i mean i have it in the browser also so i'm gonna go refresh it but i'm mostly just curious if it showed up and it's correct and everything yeah it looks good okay that's awesome yeah super cool okay um so there's that one let's keep checking it out though because uh, we don't need to i mean Seagrover can push commits to this anytime to change it up but we can still look at the code as well and uh, test it out here so inside the file um and of course, this is a brand new file, so we're not like comparing old version, new version. We're just gonna, you know, look at the new, the new version that now exists, and then try it out on our device. Um, and so, a lot of this, I think, actually is the same from the uh, comment text here. Is it? Uh, let's see. When the screen appears, yeah, maybe reworded, but as the screen is calibrated, yeah, yeah. Okay, 
Ripple only. Oh, Ripple only. It's like um, whether it's gonna have like display I/O interface or not. Whether it's gonna draw the colored background and the square, the red square. Uh, and also, I think it has some text as well with the uh, current X Y, and maybe the current calibration values. Okay, and then Ripple only. I guess would just print instead. Um, you put your rotation in here. We're going to stick with zero to start with. Okay, nice. It's double checking to make sure that uh, it's a valid rotation. There's only four. They're the, you know, the multiples of 90. Yep, yep. So REPL only, it's going to not create the group. Touch screen setup. Yep. Getting ready to show the display IO stuff. So again, if it's not REPL only, then we do this. Colors, where does colors come from? Ah, colors is in here, okay. Is there color constants in rainbow IO? Curious. Uh, don't need that. Uh, to. Oh no. Uh oh. Oh, I see. Right. We're not in device. Um. Yeah. For rainbow. Rainbow. Io. Sure. Huh. Nope. Okay. I think maybe LED animation possibly has some, but that wouldn't make sense to import from there for this, so. Let's see, where did I, I clicked away from color. Here we go. Oh, I made a coffee before I started going. I gotta actually drink it though. If I go too slow, it'll be kind of late for drinking coffee. That's all right. Um, okay, so print some instructions. Here's our main loop. Tiny sleep. Check the touch point if it's actually being touched. If we need to update the display I/O stuff. Oh, uh, let's see. If touch if. Oh, I see. Right, right. Okay, so if not REPL only, then do these things here. So if we are going to show it on the screen, update the location of the the box on the screen, the little red box. After that, for every, every mode, doesn't matter if we're REPL only or not, we do these, which is get the minimum... Store the basically highest and lowest for both X and Y orientations and it's keeping a running history basically of the lowest value it's ever seen for x the highest value it's ever seen for x the lowest value it's ever seen for y and the highest value it's ever seen for y and those lowest and highest values become your calibration so it prints it here and if it is not REPL only it does also update it here um it's a super minor thing i don't know that it matters too much but one thing we could do See, Grover, is if we rearrange this a bit and put these first, 
then you could actually do this inside here. And then we don't need a second if statement. Slight refactoring. I don't know. It's not, um, is that right? Did I, maybe not actually. Let's see, did I do that wrong? So this thinks it doesn't know pin, but maybe this is just, and can, can be undefined. Oh, well, it can be undefined, but it should only be undefined if this, if not REPL only, which we're also wrapping it in here. So it's not smart enough to realize that we have the same condition here as we do for the setup, actually. Where's pin? Yeah. Yeah, it, it can't actually be undefined, I don't think. I mean, I guess if it failed to set up or something, but since it's inside the same if statement here. Coordinates, I guess, is probably the same thing. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it can. I think that's just PyCharm being a little aggressive on its, uh, on its offer to help, basically, which is fine. Okay. I'll try it out like this. Um, I'll go back and test the, the, the actual version of it as well without the changes, too. I am curious, though, if, this, if I ended up breaking it this way. Let's go to our device. Code pi. What do we have right now? Whoops, wrong one. Code pi. Uh, I have a quotes thing. I think I was testing, what was I testing? I don't remember now. I was testing maybe the PyPortal Pi Portal library or the portal base library. I don't remember why I had this. Um, testing something in the network. Maybe it was ESP32Spy? Let's see, quotes. Quotes fetch, fetch quotes. I will say it's a good example to use when you do want to test like network connectivity and stuff like that. Um, looks like I changed the, uh, changed the URL to make it fail, actually. Put a one there. Let me undo that, actually, so I don't... If I do ever go back to it, let me not, like, spend a while figuring out why it's not working. Let's try to save myself on that. Yeah, there we go. You're welcome, Tim of the future. Okay, we can copy our example here. Well, for the REPL, well, for the serial. So there we go. We got, uh, so I have uh, not, I have visual, so it's not on REPL only. Um, so it gives you the printout here. Use the stylus to swipe slightly beyond the four edges of the visible display. We're on zero degrees, and it will start printing the values whenever I touch. Touch there, you can see the... Oh, it's actually quite a ways off uh, for right now. So we'll kind of just... We basically just got to get the hit the edges. Uh, you know, we kind of just run onto each edge. 
And as we do each one, it kind of gets better and better. So you can see now the dot is like right on my stylus, whereas before it was obviously way off. Uh, part of that is it maybe needed to figure out the size of the screen and some other stuff. So looking pretty good here now, though. So I, I basically like to just run it around a little bit, touch each edge a couple times, you know, one or two times on each one. Something like that. Whenever your dots lined up with your actual stylus, then you're good to go. Let me take that off. Here's the value uh, that we got for our calibration. So again, those are the basically the minimum and the maximums. Um, whoa, minimum and maximums for that it saw from the analog readings. One second. There we go. I can stuff off my desk. So now we could basically take these and then put them into our you know, our application, whatever our actual project is, we could substitute in these calibration values and then all of a sudden our touchscreen will be working like super nicely. Um, you know, the t touches on buttons and small interface things and stuff will be pretty exact. Um, so that's kind of nice. So then, you know, we could take something like, what is the other, well, this one's simple test, it just prints. Orientation, does it do anything fun? No. You know what we should have is another example that's like, I guess the calibrator is kind of drag and drop. Maybe like a basic, um, even without the calibration, just a basic drag and drop. Also, I think it might be good to have a basic paint. Like it, it draws a line where you touch. Uh, it doesn't need to be super fancy. I think there's a learn guide for a project like that. So, and it's I'm not intending to kind of take it that far, but as a, an example of using the touch, it might be nice to go kind of a step above just printing the values, which is what these are. Um, but I will say the calibrator itself, I mean, you can look in the code of the calibrator actually and get a good idea of, you know, how to do more advanced stuff with it, even uh, more advanced than the existing ones. Um, so it did seem like everything worked fine. What I will do is I will go back to the version as written, um, which I think I'll just do get rollback. Rollback. Hmm. Current file. Hmm. Did rollback go? Do I do it on the file? There it is. This will put it back to how it is in the repo, in the PR. Need to update uh, Adafruit touchscreen to include the rotation argument. Oh, instead of... Uh, that would be cool. Yeah, actually, that would be really cool. So instead of... Um, so, I mean, right now, today, the way that you change the orientation is by the order that you pass these pins and then the order that the calibration values are. But if there was just like orientation, why though? Orientation equals zero, you know, or 90 or 180 or 270, then you could standardize. You always pass the pins in the same order. You always pass the calibration in the same order. You put the orientation here and then it 
handles it internally actually would be really nice because the code the like you know boilerplate code the the code you have to do for setting up with rotations uh which gets copy pasted a lot is all of this right this is like you know 40 lines four big old if statements you know it's not a mountain of code or anything but it's kind of a lot if it did get handled internally though then you would basically just have one of these in your user code which is nice um that would be a pretty nice improvement. STMPE 610 driver, yeah, that's a different kind of touchscreen, so that one does have an orientation, you're saying? STM, do I have it? Nope, STMPE Touch flip and rotation. Flip. If it's mirrored for some reason? Hmm. I see. Yeah, so this one does have a rotation. And then, of course, this is also like I2C or SPY, so it's not connecting the four analog pins. Instead, it has the bus. This is just a different, uh, different touch driver. Oh, there's an example over in that one as well. Nice. Yeah. Did you create that one? I assume? Maybe not? Yeah, Cedar Grove. Nice. Okay. Yeah, the feather wings. Yeah, I have a Featherwing, um, I don't know, like 2.4 inches or something like that. I might have used your script on it back the last time I used it as well, truthfully. Um, okay, so changing the name I think would be good. We went back, we went back to stock, so let's run stock on our device. Let's also update the library as well. I don't think it should matter, but I also have no idea, like maybe the version of the library on my Pi Portal is old. We should test it against the current version, just to be sure. Oops. Let's use the Pi file. You know, uh, let's take a small detour. What is, isn't there, there's a command you can use to build the MPY, right? How does that work? Can I just use that from the command line? Build bundles, file name, prefix, repo name. Can I just run this? Repo name. What do we think the repo name is? The full name? No such remote origin. Um, that's probably true. 
Oh. Hmm. Did it? I mean, it did something, right? What did it make? Make anything? Did they work? Bundles? MPY? Maybe they work anyway. Oh, uh, this I will say is one of the things I don't like too much about the new version. The show in files is now open in, and it's a an extra context menu. Used to be inside this list. I don't uh, I don't like the flyout thing for it. See if that worked. Eh, looks like it. See if it's. You can add a remote. Yeah, I can add. I don't want one called Origin, uh, is the thing. Origin. I rename Origin to... I, I try to make them match the GitHub. So Adafruit, Adafruit, Cedar Grove, Cedar Grove. If I had a foamy guy, it would be foamy guy. I don't like to have one named Origin, because what I found is when I had one named Origin is sometimes Origin was Adafruit, and sometimes Origin was foamy guy, uh, and I don't want to get those mixed up. So I could add origin, and then that command would probably work, but I don't necessarily want to, um, for other reasons. Maybe I'll go look inside build tools and see if we can make that command not need um, origin. That would be nice. We could have an extra like optional flag or something. Okay, so we're back to running here. And you, you can use your finger as well, but a stylus will definitely give you like the best results. But one thing you can see is like you know we're not we're out of calibration now, right? Like it's uh, the dots way far away from my finger, depending on where it's at. It gets closer or farther depending on where, but it's definitely not on it. And then what you'll see is like as I do the calibration, it gets better. Like once I hit each edge, we kind of get a better lock in on it right there. And there we are. There's our values. And then what we could do is you could actually take these values and you could put them in CodePy. Oh, did I save this? Are we still testing my version? And this is definitely the other version, but I might not have saved it. Let's do it one more time to make sure. I think I might have still been testing my modified one, not Cedar Groves. Is this? Okay, it's just not updating the preview over there. That's all right. Is that running? Okay, let's run through that one more time here. Calibrate up, down, right, left. Hit the old Konami code there, XY, XY. And so one thing is if we put these values in the actual calibration script itself, then it would be closer when it very first started. I think. So they're commented out here. And we could either, I mean, we're going to be on zero, so I'm actually just going to change zero. 
that there. And so now the dot, I th if I understand right, the dot will be closer to accurate when we first begin. Oh. Hmm? Well, I guess no, because the min and max are still off. It, you have to move it to get the min and max set. Yeah. You do, you, you do have to, to move it each time. It's always going to be off when you very first start, because it's min will be, like, the min will be zero, I assume, and the max will be zero also, so it will just be messed up until you go to the actual edges. Uh, probably if, maybe if you went to the right edge and the bottom edge first, it would get pretty close to accurate, but you can always, you always want to go to all four to get it done. Um, anyway, it does seem to be working good. Um, I'll take another look over the code and see if there's any other feedback I have. I think the file name is the only thing that I noticed so far. Got copyright, right? Yeah, copyright's good. Don't use imports or anything. I think we passed pre-commit, right? Does this tell us if we passed pre-commit? You see that here? Do we have a green check? Successful check. Yeah, look at that. Open in browser. Oh, I probably just killed the chat. Sorry about that. Is it still? Is it working after I moved it? Yeah. Okay, it's good now. Don't recommend that you update. Um, update the calibration code with an old value since old values might fall within the actual screen edges. Oh, like it might be outside of what's capable? Yeah. That's true. And I mean, it makes the most sense to just leave the calibrator default. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it, do it makes a lot more sense to just not fill it in to the calibrator because then, like, really where you want to fill that in is your own project, right? Like if I have, you know, button example something over here or like the tab layout example or something like that. Um, tab layout touch test. You know, here in my other, in my actual project, this is where I would really want to put that. I don't know if the touch screen is in this. I th yeah, I think the touch screen... Well, actually, I don't think this has any touch in it. This one's just calling the functions. Touch test is the one with touch, and it does initialize touch screen. So yeah, this would be kind of like where you're going to put your actual values. Um, I will undo the change. It doesn't really matter, because this one's not in the repo, of course, but... Here. Rotation. Oh, uh, we could try the other ones. Let's let's do that while we're here. Try the other ones, like uh, REPL only true. There we go. So we get no dot, uh, but you know everything else works the same. Just move to all four edges. It prints the values. We can still copy paste them out of there. You just don't get to see the the little red box as you go. And, um, yeah, those look pretty close to the same kind of things we were getting before. Looks like it works the same both ways, which is good. Maybe do a uh, portrait one here as well while we're 
Got everything set up. Of course, this is now sideways. I'm just going to kind of work it sideways. Go. Now we're on rotation 90. Got it all set. Then we'd be copying our values from here. Pretty good to me. Put that one back. We could verify, we can double check this, right? If we put a wrong value, it should raise an exception. Uh, invalid rotation value. I guess it doesn't, maybe if it raises it caught it. it prints two though. Let's go back here. Ah, yeah, it doesn't raise, just prints. And sets to zero. Seems reasonable. Set the rotation to the variable and then check the rotation down here. Looking pretty good to me. Centered horizontally with anchor point, anchor position. Position has its own label. Oh, weird. Doesn't uh, the first one here, it thinks it can be undefined, but not the next one. That's weird. Yeah, looking pretty good to me. Um, I would say the uh, the file name, I think, is the only only thing I see to change. I go back to um, conversation. I wonder how do I do like request change? Maybe there's not a way to do that specifically. Fresh pull request details. Add review comment. Add single comment. Start a review with a comment. Huh. It does have inline. I don't see the uh, the specific like request changes as opposed to like. I also don't see approve or any of that stuff either. Approve or request changes. 
entertain that rabbit hole for just a moment. Uh, Pie Charm. I mean, it's going to be like Jet Brains, I guess, or Intelligent Charm. GitHub. Pull request. Approve. There's a merge button in there. Thanks for the PR testing and review. Uh, update the name, refactor it, and fix the spelling errors. Oh, I didn't notice any spelling errors. Um, but yeah, you're welcome. And thank you again for sure. Only works for GitHub. Proof. I don't know. That may be beyond the bounds. The, uh, the approve and the request changes. Um... The stuff it does have is pretty cool, though. Being able to comment from here is like, that gets you most of the way there. Um, so that's pretty neat. Okay. It's fun to look at as well. I will, I could see myself using that some of the time. Probably not for everything, uh, unless we could find those other two, like approve and then request changes. Um, if we could find those, maybe. Probably would be more cases where I use it, um, but Still, I could still see uh, some times where I could. If Lister help, uh, help with um, help with what? If you have a, if you need help with Circuit Python, I may be able to help you. Um, but you'll have to definitely be a little more specific. Uh, so next thing is I want to work on Tile Grid, which this is going to be inside the core. I'm going to jump over to C Lion for the core because I got C Lion. Load it up now and have an active license and stuff on it. So I've been using that for my core stuff. Uh, let's go to that view we made, display stuff. And we're on main and I updated before, so we should be, should be current for main. Maybe I'll make a new branch here. Uh, tile grid. Contains from main no track. There we go. Branch tile grid contains. So what I want to do here is display button GitHub Python. This library has a button that gets drawn on the screen. Uh, what, we, we could run the example, actually. Let's do that. This ties right in with touch touchscreen stuff. Same stuff we were just looking at. Oh, uh, let's go this one. Extra keyword argument. Line 26. Uh, we should PR that while we're here. Yeah, we should PR that. Okay, let's do that. Um, display button. I think I've seen that before and been like, I should PR that, and then didn't do it. And so now we're going to like actually 
Let's take a minute. It's only going to take a minute, though. Uh, it's button or display button? Display button. That's a new thing. I'm not quite used to that pop-up yet. Main. I main? Adafruit main. Why do I have this? Why do I have stuff that's not in main? Right button. Do we have a PR? Um. Oh, crud. Are we on the wrong one? This library. This one does this to me. I need to stop using Google, I guess, to get to it. So, the, Lady Ada made this originally, and it's... um. Goes up higher in the GitHub. Yeah. Goes up higher in the GitHub results, and I go to it and I copy it out of date. Um, but really, it's not. We're trying to get the Adafruit one, not the not the Lady Ada one. Yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, you can't see it very well. A little bit better, maybe not too much, but it has a button like this. This is our display button. And the current one is not broken, so we don't have anything to PR. Um, the API for this though, the code that you use for this button, well in fact we can look in this example right here, it has button.contain. So the way this works, you get your touch value from your touchscreen driver. If the screen is being touched, then we check if button.contains p. p is the touch event that came from our touchscreen driver. So if button does contain p, then we can set it to selected. Uh, selected true, which will change the color. We can also um, do whatever else we want, right? So, you know, we can turn on NeoPixels or change colors or do whatever our, our application needs to do whenever the button gets pressed. Um, this contains right here. This has kind of become like the most common touch interactive property for CircuitPython for Display.io. So whenever we have a Display.io widget and it's going to be touchable, um, you will try to use this contains that way the API is the same as the button we use the similar API across all the different widgets that way it's easier to know how to do stuff and a lot of the code is more easily uh, you know re reusable on the other widgets right so what I want is this contains but on tile grid target python docs tile grid Tile grid is what you use to show basically everything, any any kind of object in Display.io. Um, most typically like an on-disk bitmap or a regular bitmap, um, you would use a tile grid to show it on the display. But also things like shapes, um, 
the button itself. Uh, this button here probably extends tile grid. Nope, group, but it has a tile grid, probably. Um, tile grid, or not, really? Tile grid? Huh. What does it make? The label definitely has tile grids. Great body. Rect, round rect. Oh, okay, so these are shapes, but then the shapes. The rect and round rect extend tile grid. So like basically everything that you show, every object that you can show in Display.io uh, probably uses a tile grid. So if tile grid had a contains, then we could very, very easily make um, you know, any kind of like image or sprite or whatever, you could make that into trying to get to just tile grid docs. I am not succeeding here, huh? Uh, you could make that thing clickable. So like you could have an on-disk bitmap and you could be able to say like, you know, does the on-disk bitmap contains the touch point? So you could just make an arbitrary image, an arbitrary bitmap file become a button. Um, you know, if you want it to react to like change to the pressed state and do different stuff like that, you know, there's more to it, obviously, if you want that stuff. But if all you want to do is draw some fancy shape, you know, make a Blinka or something on the screen and then determine when the user touches it, um, this would give you a super easy ability to do that. So tile grid, we're almost there finally. Maybe Should I pass it. All of that. There it is. Display a tile grid. So this has a hit uh, height and a width, and it has a tile height and a tile width, and it has an X and it has a Y. And using all those values, it can determine the rectangle on the screen which the tile grid occupies, which is essentially what the contains function does. It finds that rectangle. Checks it, uh, checks the touch point to see if it falls within that rectangle. If it does, it returns true. If it doesn't, it returns false. And that's pretty much how that works. Um, is there a mention in a different channel or something? The red one here is going to. Okay, there we go. It keeps catching my eye. Um, and it didn't go away before, but looks like we got it now. So that's what I'm trying to do make a contains for tile grid. Um, this way, you can have touchable anything you want, basically. Um, and so that is going to be starting out in here. Just going to close like all the rest of the stuff. Oops. Okay, close all the stuff. Okay. And so we'll just kind of go through one at a time. So we're going to be making a, it's not a property, it's a, a function. Uh, kind of like, mm, yeah, any of these pretty much. That bitmap or get bitmap. I mean, those I guess are properties. Um, it's not quite the same as any of the others. That top left.
One thing we'll need to figure out is what type of object that thing is, the touch. So I think it, um, it's a tuple. Print this one out. Yeah, tuple with three values. I'm not sure exactly how to take a tuple in a core function, but we'll have to learn that. Are we going to be returning? We're going to be returning um, a Boolean. So let's copy this one. Algrid contains. Contains. Going to get self. And it's going to get, yeah, this is where it gets weird. It's going to get the tuple, but I don't know. I guess, is it going to be an MP T? Tuple, touch, tuple, touch, tuple. Um, are there any core functions I can think of that take a tuple? anybody knows of a function in the core that accepts an argument that is a tuple, if I could find an example of that, I'll be able to look at the code and see how it works. Um, if not, then this will be a little bit trickier, but we'll still try to figure it out. So we made an H for this. We need to make some stuff in here now. I think what I'll do is... Find this one. What? Find this one. Okay. So one thing that's different, we're not doing property get set. Um, ah, yeah, I want to find, I guess, a better example. So I, you know, I'm still at the stage of like, I can copy paste core code around and mash it up and get it to where I need. But obviously, like, I'm not quite to the point where I can just write it out directly. What I'm going to look for is a function, a different function that I can kind of try to copy a little bit more from, um, Make transparent, maybe? Would that be transparent? Yeah, this looks like a good one. go right in here do one of these def contains self touch tuple tuple okay we got a bunch of changes to the name here display io file grid object file grid object contains Self in object t, t touch 
tuple. Tile grid T. Object pointer self. Call it index. So this was the input. Object was the input. Palette index object. Uh, so we will not have this. We won't have this exactly either, but we'll want something similar that is validating that we got a tuple and that it has at least two, let's say, items in it. Uh, and then... We don't want to just return none either, though. We're going to be returning... the boolean. Uh, is transparent. He's just doing something more like this. Return Boolean common how display O tile grid contains touch tuple. Um We'll have this either. Whoops. Current self palette index. Yeah, we are calling the common how one. We're getting its result, and then we're returning that as the boolean. contains tile grid contains okay okay so we got this part obviously we still have more to do we should do the validation here we need to figure out i'm sure there's probably something we need to do to like get this tuple out of this mp obj-t thing and uh into a thing that's more like a tuple we'll cross that bridge in a little bit let's fill in the shared module as well and let's just see if we have all the like piping infrastructure stuff in place correctly Area update transform. 
been by parents. So do we need to declare one here? I would think we do. Not though. See, this one does have a bunch of the getters in here, and they're not listed here. Not sure what is the thing that makes it so that a function has to be in H versus C or maybe both like these ones i suspect are probably in both right yeah i don't know why some functions are need to be in h and other ones don't like get hidden set hidden seems like don't um get hidden is kind of more like what we need now that it matters where we put it exactly Refresh. Let's go up some of this stuff before we get to the first monster function, basically. Home how display tile grid contains, contains self, and then here's where we need also, and this is where it gets tricky. Um, we could make it easier here by having these be ints, x and y, and we worry about taking it out of the tuple somewhere else. We're going to have to do the tuple thing somewhere. Um, I guess let's call it still an mp object tuple. And let's just return true and see if... We even are like anywhere close to on the right track here. I'm gonna leave it out of H for now. We have it here. Tile grid dis common how display a tile grid contains is what we called it here somewhere, I think, right? Called it here. Passing in touch tuple. Okay, so I think we have the stuff needed to at least get a build and I think return true from that function, no matter what we pass it, but uh, where are we at here? Okay. Red portal, Atano. Clean. A4. Let's see if you did any of that correct. We actually get a build and then we do get a build if it actually has a new function that we can call and if it actually returns true. Then we are like, got the easy part out of the way. Um, still trying to think of a thing in the core that would accept a tuple. 
Is there something in Vector.io that takes a tuple? There's points in Polygon. That's a list, which is kind of like a tuple. Okay, we did actually get a build. Let's go to bootloader mode. Copy that in. Um, let's get an even simpler example code, I think, for now. Oh no. The camera died again. I don't know why the camera is all crazy. Hopefully it stays up for us. I don't know. Gotta get a new camera apparently. This one's on the fritz. So this has a tile grid that doesn't do as much, just tile grid here, and it's display sized. So let's do printer tile grid. and a zero zero and see what that gets us. No contains. Okay, so we probably forgot at least one thing. I think, um, yeah, down here there's more, right? Down here there's like, yeah, this. Contains. Contains.
Oh. Uh, declared. Map object? Probably not. Maybe though. 504? Contains object. So telegrid contains object undeclared here, not in a function. Display object, display telegrid object contains. Should this be contains object? object get transpose y oh this one shouldn't be palette Okay. Come back to bootloader. Didn't print anything, but I think that means that it didn't crash. Uh, probably just printed before TO connected, so we didn't get to see it. We redo. Nice. So now we have contains inside of dir, dir grid, and we have contains true here, so it did return true to us. So we successfully added a function that always returns true. Uh, which doesn't seem like a lot, but actually, obviously, as you saw, it's a fair amount of uh, boilerplate code to get that in. So now, our tuple. Um, yeah, we were looking at the docs and find something that takes a tuple. This one takes x, y as two different values. It does take points, which is a list of tuples. Scroll through here a little bit and see if we find any two stuff. Thing box.
this is Blinka. I do this. I don't know. The docks confuse me sometimes. I get lost in here. See, this is Blinka, but it's... I think the docks should do a better job of separating. Okay, so set item on tile grid actually can take a tuple of int uh, x, y. Maybe we can find the code for that. Self x, y value. Yeah, subscript, self in, here we go, comes in as mp object t, so I don't think we care about slicing in our use case, this is because it's a subscript thing which is the square brackets and of course in the square brackets it could have the colon for a slice for our function it's not square brackets it's a function so I don't think we care about slice in the same way I think we can get by without that this part I think is relevant to us though so it's making an int x 0 int y 0 it's checking if index is a small int i.e. if it is a single number and not a tuple. If that is the case, then it sets xy based on dividing and modulusing the value that came in. Else, right here, this is what it does if it is not an int, which in this case means that it is a tuple, I'm pretty sure. So here it goes items, it goes get array fixed in, and then it's able to get those items out of there. So this is pretty much what we want to be able to do, kind of. Close enough that I think we'll be able to reuse it. So let's grab that. Let's go back to our contains. So we're basically going to put this stuff here. Um, do we want to call it items? Yeah, let's just keep it called items. Well, uh, let's change it. Um, touch tuple items. Let's be super. Sp I I'm always like, sometimes I'm very verbose, but I rather be verbose than vague. Um, touch tuple items. I'd rather this have its own name. So this is here. And we actually have three coming in from the touchscreen, but we the third one is pressure, like how hard you're pressing. And we don't use it for anything. So I think I'm inclined to just keep this on two and see if it raises an error. So our items was this. Our touch tuple was this. 
Okay, so then X and Y. These are our X and Y here. So let's uh, print them. Um, I don't remember how to do. Um, print them. I gotta use. I gotta use the core more. Do enough in here to remember the way print works. I think um thing is I would have ended up removing prints from a bunch of those. Um, is there a guide? We should have this in a guide, I don't know. Would it be, would it be, it's not building circuit. Um, uh, it's so simple, and I just don't remember it, and I don't know a good place to look it up. If anybody happens to know the way that you print inside the core, definitely be super appreciated. We don't want a breakpoint. Like MP, MP print something, you gotta give it arg, I don't, I don't know the right stuff. Kind of a lot of stuff just to be able to print. MP print F? Something like this? Print F? Okay. Print F? Yes. MP, yeah, print F. MP print F. Q. Q? Okay, grab. MP. Print, print F. Thank you. Yay. What is opt and args though? Print. Ah, I see. This is where this came from, maybe. Flat. I think we go just here, maybe X. I'm just gonna print two. Of course, I also don't know. Need new lines like this. Uh, thank you, Isaac. By the way, X Y like this. Let's see, we actually have it close to right. Nope. No return statement. Ah. Definitely gonna need that. 
C is not quite as forgiving about no semicolons as Python. Python doesn't need semicolons. What is this now? Balance earlier. Y undeclared. Uh, yeah, so we need to get X and Y. Make them like this. Okay, fingers crossed. Nope, already died. Okay, items though, we just changed that out probably. Uh, here, items, this one, yep. Getting closer, can feel it. Oh, accidentally pressed R. Hopefully, it doesn't bother the build if you press R while it's going. Okay, we actually got a build. Means we're at least like half to a third of the way there, I would say. Copy that to our device. MP print F. MP print F. I need to just like sit down one day and do a bunch of just adding prints to the core in various places to explore things and just like a day of practicing I bet you will get me to remember the uh, the function so again here it's not doesn't show right away I think because it prints before TO connects but if we uh, control C control D we do have contains we have contains true we have some like extra new lines which unfortunately I think this is where our X and Y should be and they are not there, obviously, so we did something we did something wrong. I think uh, it can't be added to a string like this or something. I don't know. These are not showing up. Um, let's try without the new line. See if it's going to get it any better. We're definitely going to want to format it into a string. Right. Uh, okay. It's using this wrong. Ah, come on. D. And the value after it. Oh, what? Oh, Funhouse. 
the wrong terminal. Nope. Comma. It's so picky, C code. It's a comma here or there. No semicolon. Oh, sorry. Okay, back to bootloader. Copy it on. And we check again. Do. Disconnected. Connected. Breakout. D. There we go. Zero, zero. Then what did we pass it? Did we pass it zero, zero? Not the right file. Portal boot. What? No. Come on. We did. So if we pass it something else, and let's give it a third, uh, I don't know, something. Oh, goodness gracious. I don't like that. So I guess we go three then, even though we're not going to use the third one. And we just get zero and one, and we don't do anything with two. Right out. Sent D and then comma and the variable. So, and I guess this is like D for decimal or something? Did digital digit number? I think this is for number. I don't know what the D actually stands for, but I think if we had like a float, maybe we would do something different, or you know, if we wanted it to be hex or something, there's another way we could do this as well. Only need more practice with it. Okay. Okay, that was our old crash. Boom. There we go. We have contains. We called it. We got 1010 out of it. Uh, let's make sure it works if we give it two different numbers. 1070. Good to go. We ignored the third value. Um, let's uh, let's initialize the touchscreen the touchscreen and then um, pass it P like pass it the thing we got from the touchscreen here like touch point this thing Go initialize this this is where we could put our calibration if we had it from the other one size uh, I'm gonna do display display dot width Display dot height. Oh, you know what? Uh, if we used this code before, this would have been different because I think that's the Pi Portal regular, not the uh, Titano size. Anyway, we're changing it now. Touchscreen. So inside our main loop, we're going to do this here. And then we can say if P tile grid dot contains. It's all. It's still just returning true. 
We haven't actually filled in the functionality yet, but... What? No, it's not. Oh, we didn't import it. We didn't import it. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like we just used it. Okay, yeah, here we go. 1070, and then if I touch, though, if I touch... Oh, but I don't... Did I, I didn't print anything, did I? Well, it'll print inside, I guess. Print in the core. Yeah, that's working. So this is printing. We can turn this off. The X and Y, though, those are from the core. There's our X and Y values in the core. They're matching where our uh, touches are at on the screen. Like zero, zero is up here. And uh, 480, 320 is down here. Something like that. Or 360, I don't know the, I don't know the right size. Something like that is down there though. So that is working. We pass it our touch event. It's getting the first two values. We're getting pretty close here. So next let's do, let's see. So we want to... <laughs> we basically, we, we're going to, we should validate that... Validate something, right? We should validate that we have the right number of arguments inside our tuple. Um... If we give it zero, it ends up with a type error. How do we, can we catch a type error in C code? Guess this comes from here, probably. Oh, actually, I passed a, I passed two values instead of one tuple. There we go. It expected to be length three, but it got length two. You know what's funny is how this is like almost the exact opposite of what it said here. And really the problem was just missing the extra parentheses. Um, value error. Yeah, we should really try to catch this on the C side. Um, no idea how to do that though. Get array fixed in. 
control. Sometimes these are clickable. I can just open them up. Maybe it's because of this? So let's look bitmap tools init. Is that inside of here? Yeah. Shared bindings. Have any try catch here? MP raise value error. Oh, actually, maybe. Extract tuple. Eh, that seems actually kind of like what we want. Object is object. Where is the value error? I'll do this stuff. Hmm. Here, third bindings bitmap one fifty Can we see inside of this? Where does this one come from, though? Here. Pi obj. Let's see, like, how, what, is, how, what does it rate? Or, like, does it have the actual code in here that raises the exception we saw? Oh, yeah. The list has wrong length. It's calling get array. Hmm. Does anybody know how we, uh, accept an error from C code? Is it possible to accept an error? Basically, I want to probably accept the error that ended up getting raised. This one here. I think I want to accept this in C and change the message to say needs to have three values in the tuple. Touch tuple must contain three values. 
Although maybe it's better to just let it use the generic one, because then it's not an extra string to translate. Maybe we just leave it. Findings, SSL. SSL socket. must be greater than zero. Yeah. Times I see where it uses it, it's not doing any checking. Maybe that's okay. I mean, I guess that's the same error that you would get from any of the rest of those places that we looked at, right? Um, if you passed in a thing that had not two to this, it would give you the same error as what we're seeing, I think. Um, same thing here, if you passed in a three tuple or a four tuple or something. Okay. But yeah, let's go forward with it for now and if somebody does know better, they can leave uh, you know, a note on their review Kind of pointing me towards the right way to handle it. Um, so we have our X and Y. What we want to do is not just print them. Although printing them is helpful to make sure they are coming through and actually correct and stuff. I think maybe we'll change this to X and Y. So X, Y here. Instead of passing it through as a tuple there, we'll just pass it through as the numbers. And that way, um, we don't have to worry about converting it on this side. So we'll have a uint 16t x and a uint 16ty. Both of those. Okay, so we have our X and Y inside of here. We're gonna return whatever this returns. So here we just need the actual logic, basically. Um, and so our logic is pretty much a bunch of ifs and ands and things. Um, If the x that came in is greater than self x, and the x that came in, okay, actually, let's make some other variables maybe. Event 16t. 
Let's call this right edge. Right edge. This is going to be self. No, self arrow x uh, plus parentheses self width, which is in tiles times self tile width, which is in pixels. Multiply the width in tiles times the width of each tile in pixels. That gives you the entire width. Add that to the X. That gives you the pixel value of the right edge. Bottom edge. Bottom edge. And of course, the left and the top, those are the same as self X and self Y. So those are actually easy. Bottom edge, we go Y plus height height okay so if x is greater than or equal to the left edge and x is less than or equal to the right edge right edge and y is greater than or equal to self dot y and y is less than or equal to bottom edge then return true else return false yes i know we could probably just return this uh expression instead of an if-else. I'm going to do it this way for now, though. Okay. Uh, does it build? Probably not. No. Too many arguments. Ah, we must not have changed it everywhere. Third bindings tile grid C. Third bindings tile grid H. Actually, I have X and Y like this now. All right. How about now? Uh, okay, uh, unused variable. Mm. Ah, semicolons will get you every time.
Algrid has no member height. You sure? Pretty sure it does. Python land it does. Where's the tile grid? Width. Width. Has no member height. Does that mean it found width to go in order? Unknown type. Yeah, probably, huh? Did I? I guess I did. Okay, maybe that fixes it? Maybe that was actually the problem? Same thing. Has no member width. Does that mean it does have tile width and tile height? Nine within tiles. Hmm. Needs to be within tiles. In tiles. In tiles. Okay, didn't crash yet. Going to bootloader mode. Well, I'm not going to jinx it. Oh, look at that. That's right, right there. Copy it on. Right there. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's still failing because we have that code giving it the wrong size thing. This one, that back. Uh, we are not printing this. Can we print this? Okay. So, 1070, it said yes, contains true which is accurate in this case because, uh, well, so in this case, the height and width in tiles are both one. It's a one by one tile grid, but then the tile width and the tile height are basically the size of the bitmap, which in this case also match the size of the display. So it's 480 by 320 or 360 maybe, I don't remember off the top of my head. It's the size of the display though. So anything over zero and less than that 480, 360, 320, whatever it is, that should be contains true for this one. Uh, and then anything outside of that would be contains false. 
So let's see if it prints true when we touch it. That's kind of like moment of truth here. The, the whole screen should be true. So it's not that interesting, but fingers crossed. Nice. Okay, we got a lot of trues. And I think we don't have a super easy way to get a false. Um, we could make one like this, print tile grid contains negative one, negative one, something. I think you could give it not an int here, probably would be okay even. Nope. Oh, tuple, tuple. Yeah, there you go. So that one came false because it's outside. If it was zero one, it would still be false. And if it was zero zero, it would be true. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so let's make a slightly more practical example um, on this bitmap. This is, on this bitmap is really more like how I envision this being useful. Um, basically it means we can have on this bitmap become a button essentially. This bitmap, future method. We should come back and uh, get rid of the non-future method here. Throw that on the list of stuff to do. I keep the uh, touchscreen as an initialization. Display also, yeah. Probably crashes because we don't have purple, I guess. Yeah. Purple is a picture of flowers, which is the size of the screen on the regular Pi Portal. I think it's actually smaller than the size of the screen on the Titano, though. How's it going, Johnny? Thanks for hanging out today. Yeah, see, smaller than the actual screen. So now. Do we get our correct answers from this? Uh, let's go p equals ts touchpoint if p if tile grid tile grid dot contains whoa oh the uh, oh come on what are we doing? So the code completion doesn't know about it because it's not in the stubs that I currently have. If it contains p print uh, touching flowers else else print outside. All right. Think we got it? Think we got bugs.
I'm going to touch inside first. Okay. But we got one outside at the very end there, which is interesting. Surprised by that, actually. Let's print this too. I don't know, maybe my finger touched it, like down in the corner or something? We're gonna touch outside? Outside, look at that. Outside, 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 outside. Boom, touching. Look at that, that's pretty nice. Down here, outside, touching. Outside. Looking pretty good to me. Let's move this in a bit and make sure that if we're less than it, it'll work. Uh, yeah, thank you, Isaac. Uh, let's go X. X. Uh, let's just say like 50. We should have room for that, I think. That too. Yeah. Inside. Touching, touching. Up. Boom. Outside. Nice. Left side. There. Yeah. Looking good. Uh, okay. Clean this up. Run pre-commit. And see if anybody has thoughts on, like, what kind of validation should be occurring here, if anything. And basically, I think get rid of all this stuff for now. Is it going to change a bunch of stuff? It is. That changed a lot of stuff. I'm going to undo that. That's my format. I don't really want to change any code that's not part of what I'm adding specifically, so. Contains. This should probably have some text like. Returns true if First two values in touch tuple represent an x, y coordinate, coordinate. Inside the tile grid rectangle bounds. Uh, I so I try to stop running pre-commit all because it changes a bunch of other files. Although I think Dan said make a PR with those. Maybe we should do that this weekend. Um, I think I did pre-commit install though. Pre-commit install. So it should run when I try to make the commit. So if we go commit. Yeah, see, here's all this stuff. 
I need to clone a new copy again. Get back to not having changes that aren't in main. So here's the actual three files I changed. Everything else is all other stuff that pre-commit changed a while ago. Got the hiccups now. Okay, yeah, I didn't do any of this stuff. My three files are there. New section here for contains. Maybe got too much spacing at the bottom of it. I see here we go just one line and then right into the comment for the next one. Let's cut some of that back down. Okay, looks pretty good. good there as well. We got the one line spacing above and below. This one we gave it a new line, but I think that's fine. It's like flip and transpose kind of our one common idea, and this one is not part of that idea, so you kind of like the new line there to just draw a difference between those other functions. Uh, okay, tile grid dot contains function commit. Hitting? Nope, uh, failed. And then I, but then this will say the pre commit. The formatting failed, but the formatting will run the format and change it. And so I think we can actually just try again. And it should succeed the second time, at least on formatting. Yeah, so this time we got successful. It could fail for another reason, something other than form formatting. Um, but it, at least it should not fail for formatting the second time, if it did the first time. So that committed. So we can go push. I'm going to go, yep, to FoamyGuy TileGrid Contains. This is our actual commit with our actual changes. The rest of this stuff is all just stuff that hasn't been updated on my my fork since last time I used it, basically. So push to Fumi Guy Tile Grid Contains. Yep, push it. I'm going to make the PR for it, and then we'll probably wrap it up there. Uh, I feel like that's a pretty good natural place to wrap it up. We got our whole function in. It works. It functions correctly, it seems like. Uh, ready to get feedback on it if there's anything we can do better like on the shared binding side or anywhere really um, But the functionality is there. This is pretty much what I had imagined. This is what I was aiming for I'm pretty happy with it. Oh, oh, that was probably loud. Sorry Recently bonked the microphone We'll make the PR for it, and then uh, I'll wrap up after that if anybody has questions or comments or anything else you'd like to say or share uh, or ask before I get going for the evening. Now is the time. You can uh, put those in the Discord chat or the YouTube chat. Uh, sorry if there's folks watching on Twitch. I'm not actually, I don't have the Twitch chat pulled up. So if you are over there and you mentioned something, I apologize, I didn't see it. If you want to join us on Discord or in the YouTube chat for now, um, I'll be able to see that message. A grid contains function.
Yeah, for sure. Uh, good night, Paul. Hope you're uh, hope you're getting to be feeling better. Except uh, a touch tuple. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for watching, Anthony. Uh, let's see. Function that accepts a touch tuple from Adafruit touch screen library or similar. True or false based on whether the touch point is inside the rectangular rectangular bounds of this tile grid. Pretty good to me. Harold, uh, Harold, Harold uh, Finch, Finch. Are you Harold Finch? Is your name a play on Harold Finch? Thanks for watching either way uh, and hanging out in the chat here. Your name is Harold Finch, though. Maybe on to you. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, then. Uh, I'm not on to you. Thanks, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I appreciate it, Isaac. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Seagrover, excellent change. Good to have contains in there for consistency. Yeah, I think it'll be nice. Close enough. Fins. Okay. Probably not. Probably then not. You're probably not named after the reference that I'm thinking of. There's a character in a television show... Uh, called Harold Finch. Um, and that's what I was thinking. Maybe you might be named after, but it sounds like probably not. Fins. Okay. Fins like the fish fins. Okay. I gotcha. Harold Fins. Uh, thanks for hanging out. I don't recall seeing your name in the chat before. You may have been by and I could have forgotten about it. If so, I apologize. But e either way, thanks for hanging out today. Uh, it was nice to have you. I will create this one. Create it right there. And yeah, I think we'll wrap it up here. So uh, for folks that don't know, I also stream on Saturday mornings. Um, so that's uh, in about, oh, I always do the math every week. I should bookmark a page that counts down or something. 10 a.m. Central Time uh, on Saturday morning, which is, um, what, six hours to midnight and then 10 hours after that. So about 16 hours from now, is that right? Six hours to midnight, and then 10 hours after that. Yeah, about 16 hours from now, a little bit less. 10 minutes less than 16 hours from now. I'll be back streaming again, and um, you can watch me. I'll be on my own Twitch account. Not the We're on the Adafruit one here. If you're interested in watching, what you can do is either follow me on Twitch. FoamyGuy underscore Twitch is my name there to get notifications. Or if you join the Discord in the live broadcast chat, the one that's right below me in the stream here, I will, uh, on Saturday mornings, I always put my links uh, in that chat right when I'm getting started. So if you uh, watch that chat on Saturday mornings, um, at least it's morning in my time zone, again, 10 a.m. Central Time, then the links will show up in there and you can uh, follow along there as well. I don't know exactly what we'll be working on tomorrow, but I will find something and then we'll be doing that in the morning. So thank you again to everybody. Um, I'll mention again, you know, what we've been working on is CircuitPython. If you're interested in getting involved, uh, head over to the Discord, join us there. 
you are interested in supporting the project um, without getting involved in development, what you can do is purchase hardware from Adafruit. Again, that's adafruit.com. They are the ones that are paying myself and all the folks who work on the CircuitPython project uh, as, as a job to get paid for it. So um, huge thanks to Adafruit and huge thanks to everyone who purchases hardware there. I will see you all tomorrow back from my stream. Uh, and uh, otherwise, I'll catch you next time, whenever it may be. Thanks for watching.